This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. We love sharing these stories with you through the Hiking Through Life podcast, and we're so grateful that you listen to this podcast. If you'd like to support the Hiking Through Life podcast further, we have these amazing new t-shirts and water bottles. The t-shirts come in four colors, and the water bottles are perfect for trails, adventuring, or daily use. Consider checking them out at hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. Use the code podcast and receive 10% off your first order. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Sarah. And today's journey, we go to the St. Croix State Park. We brought Sarah's aunt Kathy there for her first ever backpacking trip. The backpacking site that we stayed at was Crooked Creek Campsite. It's about a two-mile hike in, and it was about a six-mile drive, I believe, um, from the actual state park uh, office there, uh, down a dirt road, and it was a very scenic drive. You get to see a lot of the north end of the park. And it's um, Minnesota's largest state park. We didn't know that. We thought Itasca State Park was the largest state park, but just so happens that St. Croix State Park is. Yep, it is the largest state park. And before we go forward, I also want to say it is the state park that I've seen the most signs, like posted signs, that there are ticks there. So beware if you plan to go there. There are going to be ticks. We did get ticks on us, but we still had a really great experience. We went in as prepared as we could. We sprayed our clothes with permethrin. We tucked our pants into our socks. We had the bug nets over our heads and hats over our heads. We wore long sleeves on the tops and bottoms. So there's ways you can prepare for that. Yeah, and if you're traveling with a pet like we did, make sure that they also have uh, proper treatment um, for ticks and other bugs in the area because there were quite a few bugs when we were there. Mosquitoes, some flies, but mainly ticks. Definitely. And yeah, going back to my Aunt Kathy's first time backpacking, I mean, she did amazing, especially because, yeah, we were hiking in on a Friday night and there was a lot of mosquitoes everywhere. We were swatting away, swatting away on our arms. Even though we still had long sleeves on, they were still there. So huge shout out to Aunt Kathy for sticking through it with all the strength she had. She did it. She knew in her heart she wanted to do it, and she stuck with it. And I think that is just a huge lesson for anyone out there who wants to try backpacking or anything for that matter. If you have had something on your mind for so long and into your heart that you really want to try it, do it. Just go for it. Because Kathy went for it. And she had a really, really amazing experience. So when we finally got around to doing the trip with uh, Sarah's aunt, Kathy, um, we had a plethora of parks in Minnesota here to choose from. So we ended up uh, deciding that we should go with a park that none of us have ever been to. So we decided on St. Croix State Park. Um, They have two backpacking sites at this park. There's one on in the northeast corner of the park, 
Um, that's the one we stayed at, Crooked Creek Campsite. There's another one more towards the western side of the park. Um, I forget the name of that site, but it's over near um, the fire tower. So on your drive to the fire tower, you pass it. And both are pretty secluded. They're pretty... Um, back there by themselves um absolutely couple... i think like out of all the state parks that we have been to for backpack sites this was a state park that you actually had to drive the furthest just to get to the backpack site in order to hike to the site we had brought our bikes to this site because they have um some nice biking trails some paved biking trails um about i think it was five miles um yep. one way and then back another five miles and Kathy decided she wanted to bring her bike to the site. So. And, you know, we totally supported that. We wanted her to do what was in her heart and do what she wanted to do. So we supported her in bringing her bike. We got her pack ready. We loaded the firewood onto her bike for her and said, go for it, Kathy. We got your back. Yeah, we decided to leave our bikes at the car, though. Um, I just personally knew kind of the the trails and stuff and didn't want to um haul my bike back there because we were just going to bring them back to the cars anyways to go to the actual bike trails um, and this is where learning through hands-on experience comes into play because we have seen the trails we know what backpack trails are but when a person learns through their own hands-on experience field experience that's when it's going to mean the most to you. Yeah, and I think Kathy uh, will talk about that a little bit coming up here um, in our little discussion with her at our campsite while we were eating breakfast. Um, there were, before we get into that though, there were um, some some minor struggles in getting to the campsite that we just wanted to recap too. We already talked about the bugs, that we were swatting the bugs on the way in. I mean, the bug nets we had saved us a lot. There was only two bug nets we had, so one of us had to deal without a bug net on the way in. And there was also some incline going up the hill. So when you think of incline for your first time... Yeah, there was this... This campsite was on a hill, um, and... Being a first-time backpacker and not maybe used to the weight, plus you're also wheeling your bike into the site that has a pile of wood on the back too, doesn't help, especially when you're going uphill. So there was definitely some some uh, bit of a learning curve there with um, the trail, and we didn't even know that there was going to be an incline at, on this trail, but... So another thing that we learned from this was maybe in the future we should have visited the sites before we take new people there. But it's also fun to experience a new site with a new person. So there's both ways to go. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's um, learning together is kind of a unique opportunity. So while we may be challenged or... The people we're with are challenged. We can kind of console each other through those challenges and get each other to the finish. And we don't want to spoil much else of the experience or story, so we will let Kathy talk for you in our interview with her from that Sunday morning at Oatmeal Breakfast.
So it's Sunday morning. We're just kind of wrapping up here with our backpacking weekend with Aunt Kathy. Um, enjoying some oatmeal and coffee. We got our stuff packed up. Um, and Kathy's kind of just going to talk about her whole experience here this weekend. Because, it, again, it was her very first time backpacking ever. So we kind of want to just hear that perspective from a first-time backpacker and how you're feeling now compared to how you were feeling on Friday night. I know there was a lot of stress when we were walking in. So oh how how are you feeling now? How is that? How have you grown over the past couple days here? Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at it in the cycle of a human being, Friday night I was just an infant, you know, and now I feel like, you know, I might be about in my mid-20s. <laughs> there's still you know there's there's a lot to learn but overall I felt very well taken care of in that Andy and Sarah have done their homework and they know you know what works and what doesn't work and they take you right to what works so you don't have to worry about making those same mistakes and um what would you, speaking of mistakes, what would you say is the biggest mistake you made as a first-time backpacker that future backpackers shouldn't make? <laughs> uh, oh gosh, long pants. I can't stress enough. Long pants. So I wore, like, capris. And the first thing Sarah said when she saw me, she goes, you got long pants, don't you? And I said, yeah. <laughs> they're, you know, they're in my backpack. But they're like uh, runner's pants, you know, they're tight-fitting, yoga pants kind of thing. And I wear them at night to sleep. But I also thought, well, I can always wear them underneath the capris. But no, you need to find and wear the long pants because it really cuts back on all kinds of insects. Yeah, I mean, on that way in, all of us were swatting at the mosquitoes on Mm -hmm. our way in on Friday. They were pretty thick. Yeah. They hadn't seen humans in a while. Yeah. And were you even hiking with short sleeves for a while? Did you have long sleeves yes. that whole no, time? Yes. No, I had short sleeves. Yep. Yes. And then you had put them on at oh, some part throughout I had to stop and put on my jacket. I talked about that before, I think. And it was intertwined with my backpack kind of because I had it wrapped around my waist. So, no, you got to have on the long sleeves and long pants. That would be the most important thing. Yeah. And then spraying, it's a noticeable difference between, because these two have sprayed with promethrin. Is that the name of it? Yeah, yep. And whereas I was just, you know, using some plant-based bug spray. And there's a noticeable difference between their um, insect attraction in mine. Yes. Well, here, I mean, at this state park, there's signs all over that the deer ticks are out and it's very, very prevalent. I mean, we've all had ticks on us, but like Kathy's saying, because we sprayed with permethrin, we've had probably a third of the amount of ticks on us than she has. I mean, we were still pulling them off her this morning because her clothes weren't sprayed at all. Mm -hmm. So... It's always important to check your body after you camp. Take a good shower. Get all those ticks off. Um, But yeah, this state park seems to be very prevalent amongst the ticks. And I think just being prepared. Because, I mean, yesterday we saw a couple hikers go on a trail. And they were wearing short shorts, flip-flops, tank tops, 
and they got ticks all over their bodies Mm -hmm. and they just weren't prepared so I think wearing the right clothing Mm -hmm. is huge when you are doing something like this I mean and those weren't even backpackers those were just day hikers that were probably camped at the campground down there but no matter what you're doing if you're going on the trail you need to be in long pants and long sleeves mm-hmm. and hats. Hats make a huge difference mm-hmm. as well because mm-hmm. you're protecting your head from the sun and any of the bugs. I mean, th- that helped me with the mosquitoes as we were walking in too because it's like this nice fold-over sun hat here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wearing a baseball cap, so that's also something. It does. It's not breathing, the baseball cap, so it's just sweating quite a bit, whereas their hats have a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of a mesh. Built-in screen that the air can flow through, but also an under-chin strap to keep it from flying off. Yes, that's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. That's and nice. Tighten it as yeah. much as we need. So, I mean, would you... Do you feel comfortable? And an air mattress. Making sure oh, you yeah. have an air mattress. Andy and Sarah were kind enough to borrow, borrow me one. Yeah. Which was really... Um, one, it doesn't didn't take a lot of breath, but it um, to inflate, and it was easy to deflate as well. Okay. Yeah, Go those ahead, are important. Sorry. So, um, do you feel confident that you could do something like this on your own now, or would you lead people to backpack yet, or do you think it would take a few more times in order to feel comfortable coming out here again? By myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd want to go maybe one or two more times, you know, be led out here. Yes. You know, there's other, well, there's other equipment I need to acquire as well to be out here on my own. I I need, yeah. Yep, a little more practice to feel. But do I feel, I, I know a lot more than when I, you know, I mean, just the importance of being able to read a map, right? Yeah, that's huge. And I thought I knew how to read a map, but it's... Yep, that's something even I'm a little wary of sometimes. Andy, but Andy can look at a map and bam. Yep, well, and last night, Andy dropped Kathy and I off at a different entrance and Didn't trail that we could... about this, right? We haven't talked about this yet. Oh, we haven't? No. I thought we recorded that last night. No, not at all. None of it. Oh, my God. Good. <laughs> I'm glad we waited. So there was, we found out there was a shortcut if Andy dropped us off at the highway. Kind of like behind our campsite versus coming in from to the front. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a loop around the site. So he dropped us off there and said, go ahead, ladies. This is going to be good for you. You got this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it'll be know. good. Yeah, that's what he said. I remember. It'll be good for you. <laughs> You know, so, and I, I was pretty confident in it. Like you it, were looking at the map. It I was, was just a simple loop and I had full confidence that we could do it. Um, and we started hiking and I know Kathy was getting a little worried about the trail cause it was starting to get overgrown. Listen, we had just seen two bears. <laughs> There's that too. From the car, from the mm-hmm. car. We were in the car. Yeah. The bears crashed, you know. Yep, it was about dusk and, you know, all the animals and wildlife are starting to move at that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we were walking back and getting a little worried and 
I felt confident, but I think in my, my I was letting my um, Kathy's anxiousness and worries override my confidence, mm-hmm. and the way the trail looked was also kind of scary. Yeah. Yes, it looked a little overgrown because no one ever hikes mm-hmm. this north. What the North Loop, North Creek Loop, Crooked Crooked Creek Loop. It's not very well traveled back here by the looks of the trail. So that's why we were questioning the looks of the trail. There, It just didn't look well-traveled. And that's where my questioning started to come in. Mm-hmm. And I was letting my questioning, um, Kathy's anxieties was just feeding into mm-hmm. my questioning but of the know, path. Sarah was really good about listening to my anxiety, too. Right, you got to talk through the anxieties not, that not you're feeling saying, on the hey, trail. We're gonna do it this way, and that's it. Yep, mm-hmm. you got to trust your hiking partner. Mm-hmm. Trust what you're, what you're doing out there. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we got back there to our site. We were, it was the right path, but it just took a while for us to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe we'll put in a couple of those those worried phone calls that we made to Andy along our hike. We'll edit those in oh a little my, bit later, oh too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they probably shouldn't be available for public <laughs> listening. It should just be kind of a private thing. In a frantic, yeah, I called Andy. Yeah. So, um, Andy, what was your backup plan if we weren't at the campsite? Well, yeah, so I dropped them off at the highway to hike back, and then I had to drive back to the park entrance and park the car at where we originally um, had parked the day before to hike in, which was about double the length from that gate to the campsite. So it took me about, I would say, I don't know, 20 minutes or so to drive back um, to that gate to start hiking. But my backup plan was if I were to get to the campsite and not find them here then i would go travel that trail that they were supposed to travel and see if they were on that trail or if they were back at the highway where i left them if they weren't on that at all then i'd come back to camp sit for a little bit wait to see if they showed up because maybe they had gone around the loop and maybe missed the sign or something and it was only like a loop so you couldn't really get lost. There was no other trails really on the loop. But they were kind of worried that there might be like a snowmobile trail or something that wasn't marked on the map that they might have went down. So they had gotten worried. They ended up actually going back to the highway because they were going to wait for me. They were trying to call me to pick them up. So it really destroyed the whole point of us trying to cut the walking time in half we still actually ended up hiking two miles. Actually, which more. Probably more. We ended up hiking three yep. overall. Which was the original. But we didn't have as many hills. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, but I think an important thing for people to know, too, is if if you do get worried that you're not on the trail, go back to where you know the trail is. Yep. You know, take the time to go back and kind of reorientate yourself and if you are lost, don't keep wandering. Like, mm. sit down and stay put. Because a lot of people end up getting lost because 
the search and rescue or the people that they are with are going to find them at a certain location because they know that they should be there. And if people start wandering, then it just makes that search infinitely harder. Absolutely, yeah. Just stay staying put and always having some kind of emergency signaling advice with you mm-hmm. in case someone really did have to come rescue you. Brightly colored clothing, shelters, hats. And if you're going to be hiking at any time during the day, ever, I think it's important to have your headlamps with you. Even right. if it's the middle of the day that you're hiking, just bring them. And they're just something little you can throw in. Yep, because that was something. Have a source, like, that yeah. was something I was really anxious about because it was, what time was it? Seven? It was probably 7.45, 8 o'clock. And I knew we still had at least two hours worth mm-hmm. of day light that we could have got back in. But still, it's good practice to always have some kind of light with you because you just, you never know what kind of situation you could get in. Well, even... Uh, having some sort of, like Sarah was saying too, emergency signaling device, whether that be, you know, brightly colored clothing, but I think there needs to be another piece to that too. Like people have like reflective mirrors or something so that they can signal. Well, your blanket is perfect for that. That emergency blanket. That reflectiveness. Oh, when we were hiking. Yeah, I did hike with it. I had a whistle. I could have had my whistle with me, but I didn't. And I was thinking that too. I should have probably had one with me because I was you were the part alone. of the group that was separated. Yes, mm-hmm. you were alone. And actually, a cool thing about my headlamp. So I have a Petzl brand headlamp, and the the adjustable part, the the clasp that makes the band that goes around your head adjustable. There's actually a built-in emergency whistle on that. So if I did really? what Kathy had said and had my headlamp on me at all times, I would have had that emergency whistle on me. Oh, we better link that headlamp in the show notes. Yeah. Because I was thinking about that too. While I was walking with Daisy, I was like, okay, what if something happened in which like, I needed to signal you guys yeah. or somebody else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything other than my voice at the time. And I kept going back and thinking what they always tell you is don't separate, stay together, stay together. Mm-hmm. And here we had just orchestrated this whole uh, thing. But it was all in an effort to save us from that from the hike torturous in. The hill. hike in, yep. which is got some pretty steep inclines. Now when we go back, we're you know, going down. Yeah, but... yeah, and I felt safe enough to separate from you guys because it seemed like um a simpler trail i mean if we were out in the actual wilderness and there wasn't you know as detailed of a map or if it was a lot of intersecting trails then i probably wouldn't have been as confident leaving you guys then we would have definitely wanted to stick together yeah yeah Yeah, but this one you could clearly see on that map there but yeah, again, it was just um, the anxieties and my... I, I was confidence, but I was just letting some of those anxieties override it. So my my biggest takeaway and lesson from that was when there's something in your gut, when you have a gut feeling about something, just go with it. And that's true in, in life, too. I mean, that's a lesson learned on the trail that can be taken back and applied to all aspects mm-hmm. of life. 
Mm. And that's just one of the many things you learn out on the trail that you can apply to your life. So um, with that, I think we're going to kind of wrap up here and clean up, get our hike on, and probably go grab some It's a some great weekend. Rolls. Such a great weekend. Thank you. Yeah. So in our Sunday morning reflection over oatmeal, you heard how much we talked about the ticks, and you heard me say that you need long sleeves and long pants when you go into the wilderness. And I just want to clarify that you don't need those. You can wear whatever you choose to wear, but it is highly recommended. And when you look up any packing list, especially our packing list on hikingthroughlife.net, we highly recommend long sleeves and long pants to prevent those things that might happen like ticks and mosquitoes. In our experience, covering our skin up and our body up has made our experience more enjoyable in the wilderness. And for some people, they just like shorts and short sleeves and tank tops. And that's okay. Go for that if you know that's what your body wants. But if you know that your body does not tolerate ticks and mosquitoes, then long sleeves and long pants is, I, I can't stretch it enough, just really highly recommended. Yeah, it definitely also helps with the sun too. You don't have to apply as much sunscreen and reapply that sunscreen. It's a good sun protectant as well. And going back to the ticks though, I did a little research after we got back since there were so many ticks in the area. In my research, I found Minnesota has about 12 species of ticks, um, and the most likely you're going to encounter are the black-legged, or more commonly called deer tick, um, and then the American dog tick, which is also more commonly called the wood tick, and then there's also the lone star tick. And the one that you have to be the most careful around is the deer tick. Those are the ones that carry the Lyme's disease. Um, wood ticks don't often carry Lyme's disease. They can, but it's a little more rare. And all of this I found on the Minnesota Department of Health's website after we got back from the trip. And you know, ultimately, the biggest thing you can do after you're back from a day hike in the woods or a backpacking weekend is just check yourself from ticks and give yourself a good shower. That's the big lesson here. We'll link to the Minnesota Department of Health's um, webpage where they have all that tick information. The other thing that we did mention in this um, recap was that there were bears that we had seen. So there are bears in the park. It is a large park, um, lots of wilderness. Um, we did carry bear spray with us, which we normally do when we hike. Never had to use it. We saw the bears when we were driving. They were crossing the road within the park. Um, but just be aware there are bears out there. So, you know, if you... And it is always black bear in Minnesota, in case anyone's wondering. It's always black bear. Yeah. Black bear is the only species in Minnesota. They can be different colors. Um, a lot of people don't actually know that, but black bears aren't always black. They they can be 
um, different phases is what they call it. So there's different color phases, um, cinnamon, blonde, and black. Just keep in mind if you are uh, bringing bear spray with you and if you haven't used it for a while, it does expire. Um, the bottle says they expire. So, you know, just keep, keep that in mind um, and replenish your supply if you do see that it has expired. So go out there and have fun and properly protect yourself from all those ticks, bears, sun, mosquitoes, and whatever else may be out there. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.